Hello, everyone. My name is Wadlene, and you are listening to Mouthpaste. Thank you for click on, clicking on the video to listen to this message today. I want to talk about the Spirit of God and just listening to God, what the Spirit offers, and recognizing the voice of God. Okay? Please turn with me to... First King 19 verses 11 and 12. First Kings chapter 19 verses 11 and 12. And I will reference the scriptures in the description box. Okay. So it says, then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And this is Elijah. Okay. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And then I'll read chapter, I'll read verse 13. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face into his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Okay, so the events of the scripture I just read. So I just read verses 11 and 13 and this is between Elijah and God. And it begins by saying, that um, God said, get out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and the great storm, a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. So it's, it referenced the wind, but then it said, um, the Lord was not in the wind. And then it referenced an earthquake that came next. But then it says, the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then it referenced a fire, but then it followed with the Lord was not in the fire. And then lastly, it referenced a still small voice, and that was the Lord. So I say this, I read this to say that a lot of the times we expect God to show up in an exaggerated way, a mighty way, a way that forces us to not doubt that it's God, like a supernatural, mighty, strong, um, everyone is going to notice kind of way, like parting the Red Sea, <laughs> um, those kind of things where it's like defies gravity, defies the laws of um, physics, and it's just so mighty that people wouldn't be able to deny it. Right. And God, he is supernatural. He does come and shows up in mighty ways and read it in the Bible. So, yes, we do expect those monumental moments that is undeniable even to unbelievers. Right. And not to say that God isn't capable because he's done so before. He is behind many miracles in the Bible and in real life today. He still I still see him you know, bring people back from the from the dead where people have been declared um, without life, without a heartbeat, without, you know, pulses, and then they resuscitate, right? So God still does these miraculous things, right? Things that maybe 
professionals are aren't able to explain, right? People have like um they hear something that tells them to turn back or to go this place or to go that place and then in the end, it, it, they recognize that had they not listened to that voice, it could have cost them their life. It could have cost them, um, you know, it could have led to them getting hurt. So these are things that maybe can't be explained other than believing it's God, right? These are these um, supernatural things that happen and are still happening, right? But I read the scriptures to point out that sometimes we expect all God's moments to be so extra and so magnificent that when he does show up, we totally miss him because sometimes he's not going to show up in the strong wind. Sometimes he's not going to show up in the earthquake. Sometimes he's not going to show up by fire. Not to say he can't because in the Bible, he showed up in the in the burning bush, right? He showed up in the burning bush in um, the New Testament. I believe it was with Moses. He showed up um, um there so not to say that he can't do that but i want i want you to also not always you know your our expectations may be so high sometimes it may cost us seeing the little things that god is doing in our lives daily um so just be mindful that you it may not take you feeling different or feeling like God actually answered your prayers to know that your prayers are answered. Like many things, I mean, God is calling us to have faith for a reason. Where life tells us no, God wants us to have faith that it's a yes from him, that it is happening. We don't need the parting of the Red Sea to tell us it's happening because we have faith that regardless of what we see, that his words are final. And even if his words don't align with what we see, his words will prevail over our sight. Always. Think of it this way. If you go, if you look into a mirror that is, um, that causes your reflection to be distorted, because they have, I guess, those mirrors like you know, maybe in the circus, and they make you look all squiggly and extra you know, expanded or really slim. And we know in reality that that mirror is flawed. It's not a real reflection of ourselves. So we we can look at that mirror and know that, okay, that mirror is false, right? It's playing mind games or whatever. It's a, an illusion, you might say, right? So if a mirror alone can throw us off, we shouldn't be so quick to rely on sight all the time. I mean, most of the time our sight is accurate, right? but also recognize that it may fail us too. So we can't always look to the evidence of the world. We can't always, you know, take um, what people say as the final word. However, with God, we can, because God's word is always final. God's word, when he releases it, it doesn't return to him empty like he, he knows everything before it even happens. He knows the final ending. Like he, like like I said, maybe I think in my last video, when Jesus was on the cross, it looked like it was over. So if you were looking at it, you would have been defeated. But if you recall that it was prophesied that this exact thing would happen and then three days later, that should give you some faith. You should wait around, at least give it three days. You know, you should, you should take God at his word because God's word, it overrides 
what we see. It'll it'll never be an illusion. It'll always be factual. Okay, so sometimes we expect the extravagant ways of God showing up that we miss the subtle things that he does do for us right beneath our nose. Right beneath our nose. If you think back in the new in the Old Testament, um, where was when Pharaoh was killing off the firstborn of the, uh, the not the firstborn. He was killing off you know the males of the Israelites because he knew that from the Israelites someone would emerge, and this is Moses that he's referring to, but he doesn't even notice. And then the one Israelite that he did. The one Hebrew that he did allow into his home was the one that he should have killed off because it was through him that God's will prevailed. Of all, you know, the males that he killed, he missed every single one. And the one that he should have paid close attention to, the one that was underneath his nose the whole time that he raised in his household, that was the one that he should have taken out. But, But with God... God's will prevails every single time to where he will allow you to sit, to live in the house of the enemy and not be punished at all and not be touched, not be um, threatened, you know, to, to have, to, are you serious? To have a place of shelter in a house of the enemy because Pharaoh was killing off his people. That is just so insane. Happening right underneath our noses and we don't even realize. Like, it's important that you recognize that God, sometimes he He will come in a still, small voice. There are, there are testimonies to this day that I hear people saying that um, they, had a, they had a feeling that they should have done this. Or they, they heard a voice tell them to do something. And I'm talking, these are believers, these are non-believers. They heard a voice that directed them and they chose to listen and it worked out. So God will speak to you in a still, small voice. But what happens is life is so loud, we miss it. Or other people's opinions in our lives, our families, our friends are telling us what to do. And we allow those to drown out the sound of God. Even our own thoughts can cost us hearing God. So instead of trying to figure things out on your own, go to God. Ask God what he wants you to do, what he desires for you to do in any given situation. And know that God's heart is always, he's always for us and he's He's looking to help us. He's, he wants to be the lamp into our feet. He wants to show us the way because he wants us to be prosperous for his namesake, right? Because when you prosper, you give glory to him, and now people recognize, oh, it is the God that he serves that provides all of these things that he has going for him. So God gets the glory, and it brings more people into Christ. More people are saved, less people are going to hell because of that, that act of obedience that happened in your life, that you listen to God's voice, and you receive the blessing. The domino effect. Everything you do is, it's connected to another life source. It's it's not just for you. So 
you must be obedient for the sake of other people. Getting to witness God at work. So whenever you quench the spirit, whenever you don't do what the spirit tells you to do, it may cost you, but also another person that was supposed to receive something from your obedience. So God told you to start a business and these businesses are to, you know, speak to a certain demographic, a certain group of people. If you don't start that business, those people fail to receive the message that God wanted to deliver through you, through that job. So it's important when God is telling you to do stuff, you are obedient. And I've been there where I've been disobedient. And it is thankfully something we can recover from. But eventually we must repent and decide to follow God's way every single time. So we are not standing in the way of other people's blessings. God says that a righteous man can fall seven times and get back up. God is not looking for us to be perfect. But at some point, you you need to decide that I'm going to do better by God. After all, he only has great intentions. After all, he's He's extended his hand out to us first because Jesus died on the cross for us before any of us were born. So he already orchestrated things for our victory, for our win. He's already done his part. Please turn with me to John chapter 10, verses 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So Jesus Christ is a great shepherd. He's referring to his followers as his sheep. And back then, shepherds used to spend a whole lot of time with their sheep. This is not, I'm not even talking about the Bible. This is just, this is life. Like, sheep literally would recognize the sound of their shepherd. So if another shepherd or another person were to call to them, they wouldn't respond. But as soon as their shepherd shows up, they would come because they literally recognize the distinct voice of their shepherd because their shepherd has spent ample time with them for them to know. That's how close we should be with God. How do we get there? We read his word. We meditate on his word. We internalize every aspect of it. If God said it is your, it is his will for you to succeed, we need to know that failure is not an option. That needs to be removed from the table. Even if we fall down, it's a part of the success story that's in the making. Like we need to flip everything, allow the word to renew our mind and turn everything so that it, we make our lives align with the word of God. We make our thinking align with the word of God. If you're thinking one way and God is thinking another way and you're not thinking the same way, you need to change because the word of God is not going to. So you need to adapt his way of thinking and forfeit everything you thought you once knew. Allow God to cleanse and purify and renew your mind. That is scripture. And it tells us to meditate on it. So it's not enough to dust your Bible off every couple months because then you could brisk 
you know, really forgetting everything. You need to saturate yourself in it daily to feed yourself. If the world is constantly taking from you every day, how much more should you be replenishing? How much more should you be drinking again? After you exercise, don't you need to rehydrate? So after you go into the world, don't you need to spiritually recover? You need to feed yourself as the world is trying so hard to strip you of what you have. You need to give it yourself a fighting chance. You need to reread his word and reread it and know it in your heart. If God forbids every Bible on earth was wiped out in the blink of an eye, would you know God? How well do you know his word? Would you be able to survive spiritually now that the physical book is gone? Or would you be regretting, oh man, I should have spent more time in the word. I don't have any scriptures memorized. I don't I don't know what God was saying on this matter. I don't know God's heart on this particular issue. Like where does he stand on abortions? Where does he stand on the the government? Where does he stand on leadership where is like if you don't know all these things then you need to spend more time in his word because he's answering them he's answering them he's answering them so my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me are you following the lord Look at Jesus' life, look at your life. Anything that sets you apart, those are the things you need to work on. The differences. Adopt his character. Desire to be more like him. Surely that'll be for your good. And it'll be it'll it'll benefit other people because again, it's not just you. Jesus' life was not just about him. It was about everyone else that would benefit from his sacrifice. It was about everyone. He died on the cross for everyone. So know that just like him, his life is more than his life. Like the the great people that God's used, like people that surrender their lives to him. If you truly are of God, God is going to use you to impact others because there's so much people that are suffering. And God chooses to work and reach them through us. Not that he has to, but he, for some reason he chose to do that. He chose Jesus to come on earth, physical form, to help other people. Surely there, I'm sure that he could have done other things, but he didn't. He wants people to know his love through you, that is listening, through me, through the people we know, like through people. He's not choosing animals, he's not choosing um, you know, I mean, he could, he, it's at his disposal. He could use animals. He could use, um, the stars. He could use nature. And I, 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 I believe creation itself is a reflection of God himself. So he does, all, he does use those things to bless us. Absolutely. But like for, in terms of our hearts being transformed, he uses the people in terms of escaping the pit of hell he uses people in terms of living with joy and peace and goodness of the lord like he uses his people please turn with me to isaiah chapter 11 verses 2 
um, two, and I, I think I may continue um, to three. We'll see. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the wisdom of wis the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. So this is a King James uh, version. I'll read it again. Isaiah 11, verse 2. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. So the spirit of God is offering these things. So it's, it's offering the spirit of wisdom. If you want wisdom, it, God, is it, he has it and he's freely offering it. It's not like something he's withholding. If you want wisdom, ask him, Lord, please give me wisdom. And it's offering understanding. How many times have you tried to understand something? You try to become financially literate. You try to be, you try to understand the subject being taught in class, physicists, whatever it is. You try to understand, but it's not working. Turn to the Lord and ask the Lord for, for supernatural understanding. God, I need to know this, know this. I need to pass this exam. I need to impact this industry. Help me to understand the ins and outs. Connected always to the people being blessed. Surrender it to God. And when you surrender it to God, know that it'll be beyond you. It must be connected to the people. If you want to be a doctor, they directly try to help people. Make it about the people. Don't make it about the money for you. It's great money and it's it's a, it's a blessing. But make sure you are in it for the right reasons. Whatever it is. Even if you work at the gas station, give it to God. God, I want other people to be able to have transportation so they can go to their jobs so they can do this and that. I want to be a blessing to them. Help me to provide a way for them to help, you know, their lives. Even something as simple as gas, providing a need. The spirit of God also offers counsel and might. So that's direction. That's boldness. And it offers the spirit of knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. That's the holy grail. Like, that's who wouldn't want that? And fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fearing the Lord. And when it says fear of the Lord, it, it's, it's referring to a reverence of God, like respecting the Lord, like honoring his word. If man says something and then God says something, you, you are quick to throw out what man says. And you and totally embrace what the Lord says. And you, under, you see him as a sovereign Lord, as an amazing, amazing God that can't do any wrong, that is always right no matter what it looks like. And you are submissive to his will. You don't question his ways. You trust in him regardless of what it sounds like. That's reverence. That's God is looking for you to honor what he says regarding your life. And then in verse three, it says, and shall make him a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, 
neither revoke after the hearing of his ear. So it's saying we're not relying on the physical things. We're not relying on our, our physical sight and our ears to make decisions. Verse four says, but with the righteousness shall he judge the poor and revoke with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smit the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he shall slay the wicked. So it's saying that God will judge the poor. It's important that, well, actually it says, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor. It might be referring to Isaiah, actually. I'm not sure who it's referring to on this part. But back to verse two and three. The spirit of the Lord is offering wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, and light, and fear of the Lord. And once you have these things, you are good with, you, you are at a better place. You are at a better place. It is for your benefit. I'm going to end off with Psalms chapter 1. 43 verses 10 teach me to do your will for you are my god let your good spirit lead me on level ground teach me to do your will for you are my god let your good spirit lead me on the level ground i want to invite you guys if you have missed God's voice, if you have yet to experience recognizing that God is guiding you and you would like that, please repeat this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this message today. We thank you for your sovereignty. We thank you for all that you are, the mighty, mighty, mighty God of this universe. We thank you for the opportunity to receive of your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, fear of the Lord. We thank you for counsel and might. And I say yes to all these things. I gladly accept it. I humbly accept it. And I repent of my ways. I surrender not being obedient to your guidance in the name of Jesus. I surrender um, allowing my humanly error to miss you. God, I pray from this day forward, I will begin to hear your voice, oh God. I may recognize that it is God. And when I do the things that it tells me to do, and I, I see reward on the other side of it, I will have assurance and com confirmation that it is you. And I ask for these things in Jesus' name. And I thank you that it is done. It is done. I receive. It is done. I have these things now that I've asked. Thank you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. 
May you all be blessed. Go in peace. Reflect on his words. Reflect. Reflect. Read and reread. Internalize it. So that you and his words are not apart from each other. You are so infused that there is no separating you. Even if the world were to take all the Bibles. You can't take it out of your heart. Because you made sure that it was there. Amen. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day.